Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I was having a conversation with someone on our podcast Facebook page the other day, and he was just spewing hatred for the church. Have you ever wondered why people are so against the church when it seems like maybe they're the the people that you should be hating the least because of their, their moral foundation and whatnot? Well, there, there's, there's some good news that has come out, and it's uh, been reported on by Ben Johnson of The Daily Wire. It says the legacy media never seem more enthusiastic than when they are reporting about the decline of church membership. Only 36% of Americans say they attend religious services at least weekly, while 30% say they attend seldom or never. And both trends are moving in the wrong direction. So that's not the good news. But in 2020, the number of Americans who considered themselves members of a church or other religion fell below the 40%, 47% mark for the first time. And the younger the respondent, the less likely they are to attend church or believe in God at all. Well, that's, that's lamentable, obviously, for you know numerous reasons. For believers, the biggest issue comes in their alienation from God and the atrophying of the, the, their soul's uh, higher functions. But a series of studies prove that those who do not attend church or do not attend church regularly miss out on a host of secular benefits as well. And those benefits include churchgoers are happier than secular people. Uh, Multiple studies have found that people who regularly attend religious services have a more cheerful heart than those who do not. Happiness is a a crowded pew, wrote the NBC News uh, outlet in, in 2010. The author was remarking on a study conducted by Robert Putnam and um, Chehun Lim, who uh, published that December in in the American uh, Sociological Review, which found weekly churchgoers were more likely to say they are extremely satisfied with life than non-churchgoers. We found that that people are more satisfied with their lives when they go to church because they build a social network within their congregation, said Lim. Nine years later, a Pew Research Center study found strikingly similar results about happiness. Quote, sometimes the gaps are striking. In the U.S., for instance, 36% of the actively religious describe themselves as very happy compared with only 25% of the inactively religious, and 25% of the unaffiliated. And this was noted in a 2019 Pew study. Quote, notable happiness gaps among these groups also exist in Japan, Australia, and Germany. How long will it be until psychologists describe or prescribe church attendance to the depressed Americans? (laughs) That would be kind of a neat thing, wouldn't it? Also, we see regular church attendance helps poor children excel at education. Isn't that kind of interesting? Although the media and 
academia regularly associate religion with ignorance. <laughs> uh, a new study shows that that the you know caricature could not be further from the truth. Regular church attendance actually increases the likelihood that working class young people will excel in high school and and go on to receive a college education. Quote, my research focused on Christian denominations because they are the most prevalent in the United States, wrote uh, Ilian uh, Horowitz, an, an assistant professor uh, of Jewish studies uh, and psychology at Tulane University. And that's in, in New York, of course. Uh, in the New York Times, uh, in March 2022, she tracked the lives of 3,290 3, teenagers by correlating data from the National Studies of Young and relig- uh, Youth and Religion uh, and the National Student Clearinghouse and found the importance of church attendance. In high school, religious working class boys provided twice or proved twice as likely to earn high grades than those not raised uh, in the church or going to church. Those raised by professional class parents, for example, do not experience much in the way of an education advantage from uh, from being uh, religious. However, teenage boys from working class families, regardless of race, that's what I said, regardless of race, who were regularly involved in their church and strongly believed in God, were twice as likely to earn bachelor degrees as moderately religious or non-religious boys. This is Horowitz believes the the optimism and and purpose infused by church teachings help religious adherents overcome the depression and despair and lethargy and and, and you know all the other parts of, of their environment. They they they're able to overcome all the other parts of their environment that aren't necessarily so so positive. We also see that practicing Christians are more likely to enjoy flourishing relationships. That's that's kind of neat, right? Practicing Christians are twice as likely as the average American to be content with their personal and emotional life and experience deep and fulfilling relationships with other people. A study released by the Barna Group in March of 2022 found that 29% of all U.S. adults said, my relationships are as satisfying as I would want them to be, compared with 60% of practicing Christians. Yes, that's huge. That's over double, 29% versus 60% of Christians. Now, 34% of all U.S. adults said, I am content with my friendships and relationships uh, there, uh, compared with 67% of practicing Christians. Again, we see double the amount. 28% 28% of all U.S. citizens said they experienced um, relational flourishing, as, as they called it, uh, compared to 61% of practicing Christians. Again, over double. Quote, a church that not only welcomes and connects people, but also operates out of an awareness, if not a proficiency in, in the, in the realities of what it takes to to be content and satisfied in relationships today is key in supporting the whole life flourishing of congregants. So this uh, is what the study noted. Now, this this Barna study had a 2.9% margin of error and a 95% confidence rate. So we know it's that Barna is always very good. And Barna is 
studies are, are excellent. We also see churchgoers earn more money. Yep, they, they earn more money. And, and actually a pretty significant amount. Uh, one economist found that regularly attending religious services resulted in a better economic outcome. Specifically, households that attend church twice as often as other households will earn 9.1% more income. <laughs> That's according to the, to the economist Jonathan Gruber. He, he's of MIT. Now, Gruber did not uh, explain how church attendance benefited believers you know, and, and their bottom lines. Although he speculated four possible reasons. Church attendance may create broader social networks. Um, their, their parochial schools may offer a better education than public schools. And of course they do in many cases. Um, churches provide charity to help its struggling members. And it may be that people with more faith may be less stressed out about daily problems and and that that these daily problems that impede success in the labor market and the the, the marriage market, <laughs> and and are therefore successful is what uh, he he uh, he predicts. Now we also see young churchgoers are less likely to commit crimes. The more often young people attend church, and the the greater importance they place on religion, the less likely they are to commit juvenile legal offenses. Now, Meripedia, it's, it's an, an online database uh, related to everything concerning family formation and religious observance, said, quote, in a major national survey of adherents and adolescents, a 6% reduction in delinquency was associated with a one-point increase on an index that combined adolescents' frequent, um, their frequency of religious attendance with their, uh, it wasn't just attendance uh, to to church and that type of thing, but it was it was compared with rating of religious importance. So each unit increase, um, each unit increase in a mo- mother's religious practice is associated with a nine percent decline in her child's delinquency. Yes, just her, uh, her faith can make a difference. The adolescents at at lowest risk for delinquency. Uh, typically have highly religious mothers and are themselves highly religious. So we also see that churchgoers are more likely to donate to um, and and even volunteer for charities. People who regularly attend church services do not merely receive benefits themselves. They are also more likely to bestow them on others. Surveys have found those who attend church weekly are more likely to give money to charitable organizations and substantially more likely to volunteer their time to the cause. Overall, 93%, get this, overall 93% of weekly or near-weekly churchgoers say they donate money to a charity, compared to 82% of those who seldom or never go to church. A 2006 Gallup poll found that, um, that, that you know, this, this disparity here, and they said that, quote, however, more than three in four weekly churchgoers, that's 79%, say they volunteered their time for a charity in the past year, while fewer than half of those who rarely or never attend church, that's 47%, say they volunteered their time. So again, almost double. 
This takes into account a, a mere handful of the vast number of surveys and polls and studies and social data and collaborating regular church attendance with, with better edu- educational uh, attainment, uh, personal happiness and relationship stability, law-abiding behavior, and pro-social activity. When the media celebrate the death of religion in America, we must remember that this is what they are celebrating. They're celebrating a poor, less educated, more incarcerated population, less likely to be satisfied with themselves or others. And one can hardly call that progress, don't you think? So if, if all of this is the case, why are so many Christians leaving the faith? We see a, a, an article by Michael Brown of the Daily Wire. It said, it, it cannot be denied that in unprecedented numbers, Christians are leaving the faith. From well-known pastors and worship leaders to Bible college professors and Christian rockers, we are experiencing a wave of apostasy. Are are there significant reasons for this? Well, in Matthew 24, 12, Jesus said that because iniquity would abound, the love of many would wax cold. Paul also spoke about a time of increased rebellion and apostasy in, in in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3. And is this the time in which they spoke? Well, personally, I, I do not believe that we have reached that specific point in history, but I do believe that the words of Jesus still apply. This is a time when sinful temptations and worldly distractions are more available than at any point in human history. Little wonder that so many are losing their faith. But that is only one reason for the increased defection that that we are witnessing. Another is mistrust in the church, both in the church leadership and in the institution of the church itself. It, it seems that whichever way we turn, there is another scandal and you know some involving individuals and others involving movements or denominations even. Uh, on the on the Protestant side, you know one day it's a beloved, apologist accused of rape and and you know we we even covered that one uh here on the podcast and the next day it's the president of a christian university caught in a sex scandal uh, one day it's a celebrity pastor accused of sexual abuse and then it's the pastor's related network of churches found alongside the allegations on the catholic side one, one devastating report from france uh, with research dating back to the 1950s, documented 330,000 cases of ministry-related sex abuse. That is that is just devastating. How many millions did that affect, really? Quote, if that's Christianity, many think to themselves, or perhaps they, they even say that out loud, then I don't want anything to do with it, is what they'll say to themselves or others. And to be clear, this is not the... The, the pouring of salt into the wounds of those who have sinned and fallen. Uh, the old saying, you know, there but for the grace of God go I, has, has never been truer. But we cannot deny reality. Our reputation as followers of Jesus has been stained. And so we also live in a generation in which, you know, uh, atheistic attacks uh, on the Bible in in the past encountered by adult readers or college and university students have trickled down to teens and preteens in the form of, you know, okay, pithy memes and quotes. 
these kids may never have read a book by Richard Dawkins or, or Christopher Hitchens, but they may never have heard of even Bart, uh, you know, Ehrman. I, who knows, but yet it is, it is his books which have become bestsellers while the responses to his writings have had a more limited audience. The, Atheistic challenges to the existence of God, um, you know, written by men like Dawkins and Hitchens and things like that, and, and the agnostic challenges of, of, of the truth of, of the scriptures uh, have trickled down to the masses, including to younger generations now. Uh, in, the, in the case of uh, the writings of Pre- Professor Ehrman, uh, nothing that he has written against the the, the truth worthiness of the of the New Testament is is new to to biblical scholars and those of us who teach are, are quite familiar with with solid refute to to his questions the good Christian responses are still largely unknown though to those same masses but young people who are not yet prepared to to process some of these arguments have have learned to repeat them and and believe them to them, the Bible is a Bronze Age book, uh, and and the God of the Bible is a is a mean spirited, spiteful, even genocidal deity. And they believe they they can't trust the Bible. It is is it any surprise that that Gen Z identifies as as atheists at at twice the rate of other Americans? I mean, this is this is one of the reasons why I myself teach. Uh, and, and I teach apologetics and, and to, to high schoolers and, and middle schoolers. Uh, it's, it, it's a part of, of uh, what I, I see as, as a necessary thing in today's day and age. Yet other factors in, in the current apostasy is the success uh, of the LGBTQ plus uh, activism uh, on, on both a national and an individual level, especially among young people. Uh, sympathies have shifted dramatically. And, and if you are not perceived as being, you know, pro-gay and pro-trans, well, that makes you a hater and a bigot. And, and if your convictions are, are due to your religious beliefs, well, then, then your religion is hateful and your God is vengeful. And since so many young people today have not experienced God for themselves, um, you know, like for the principle you, we, we see in, in Joshua 24, 31, well, their choice is an easy one. You know, they'll stand with their gay friend at school rather than with their parents' toxic faith. And, and finally, the message that has, has been sounded uh, from pulpits across America, not to mention, the, of course, the airwaves of Christian TV and things, has become a, really a superficial one. You know, we've preached a message that simply offers sinners a better and happier life, uh, bypassing the cross and and ignoring the, the call to repentance. Jesus as the key for a successful life, even. Um, in doing so, we have added the, the current crisis, and, and we've added to that current crisis, and, and produced a generation of consumers rather than disciples. Uh, and and, and we, 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 just, we need to see more disciples who, who need a, a Savior from sin. We need to see more Christians that that aren't just there for what they can, you know, milk out of uh, their church. And what happens when things get tough? What happens during a time of testing? You know, I'm out here, 
I didn't, I didn't sign up for this, is what they'll say. Over 70 years ago, uh, A.W. Tozer wrote his famous article on the old cross and the new. And in it, he explains, The new cross does not slay the sinner. It redirects him. It gears him in, into a clearer and a jollier way of living and, and saves his self-respect. To the self-assertive, it says, Come and assert yourself for Christ. To the egotist, it says, come and do your boasting in the Lord. To the thrill seeker, it says, come and enjoy the thrill of, of Christian fellowship. And the Christian message is slanted in the direction of the current vogue in order to make it acceptable to the public. The modern cross goes one step further, though. It does not redirect the sinner. It empowers the sinner. Come to Jesus and become a bigger and better you. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? I can name a few people who, who that's basically their entire message every single Sunday. So with, with decades of anemic gospel preaching, with a uh, you know, compromised church, with a society that continues to be increasingly postmodern and post-Christian, and with all kinds of sinful temptations at our fingertips, literally, it is, is, it, is it no wonder that so many are falling away? So what, what can be done, especially uh, among our children? Well, in, in an article, again, uh, from the Daily Wire, it says, true, true story, there once lived a woman whose son had abandoned the Christian faith and he, that he was raised in. She was far from perfect and had married a, a difficult man, but she had you know, striven to, to bring up uh, her son well. And, and, and even though she had done that, however, he fell in line with a bizarre ideology that rendered him woke <laughs> within his circle of influence. And he began living with a, a woman who was not his wife and his mother prayed, but nothing seemed to happen. And her son was willing to talk with her, but she couldn't get through to him. In tears, she sought out a wise and, and holy man. If only he would talk with her son. If only he would take hold of the young man and, and refute his errors, rebuke him for all the wrong in his life. Curiously, the wise man refused. He told the mother that her son was still too preoccupied with his own desires to listen to reason, still too prideful, too uh, infatuated with the newness of his woke beliefs for the, the wise man's intervention to do any good. And he advised her to pray for her son. And since the young man was still in pursuit of truth, he would eventually find it again himself. Those who seek to know the truth with all their heart will find it. Well, the woman, you know, pestered and weeping and imploring the, the wise man to change his mind. And finally, he lost patience, saying, Go, go, leave me alone. Continue what you are doing. It is not possible that the son of all these prayers and tears should be lost. Well, that must have sounded too good to be true, but it happened. 
the wise man in the story, is a local bishop uh, and is known as St. Ambrose. The, the, the yearning mother is known as St. Monica. Uh, for those in the, in the Catholic religion, you know those. The woke ideology that had ensnared her son was, was um, mechanism. Uh, who, her, her son, Augustine, did eventually return to his faith. And he became one of the greatest leaders in the history of the Christian church. Not a bad outcome from many prayers prayed and tears shed. And this occurrence took place at the turn of the 5th century. For generations, this story has encouraged parents and children who have lost their faith. Even though this story delivers a restorative and uplifting message, it still raises questions for modern-day listeners. For example, even during the most wanton period of, of his life, Augustine didn't lose his interest in finding the truth. Today. The youth are told that there is no truth, or they are told that truth is whatever works for you, or you know there is there is truth out there, but you you'll never know what it is. You'll never even know if you do do even find it. Yet this story and countless other stories of, of reverts who returned to their faith may still offer hope to parents of wandering children. Many more helpful lessons can be drawn from Augustine's story than, than one might think. You know, lessons applicable even in our current time. Uh, why do people uh, lose their faith? Some are raised in an um, excessively emotional form of faith, which doesn't satisfy their minds, or they are raised in a cold form of faith, which doesn't satisfy their hearts. Some were never raised in faith to begin with, but they begin and, and, they, and they believe that they were. Some were you know, treated badly by religious phonies. Some didn't want God to be God and arrogantly you know, preferred to, to make gods themselves, or even gods of themselves even. There are many other reasons why young people lose their faith, and, and human beings find themselves in curious relationships with sin. Few of us find reasons not to believe in God and then begin sinning. <laughs> Most of us get wrapped up in sins we don't want to give up, and then we look for reasons to deny our belief in God. That may have been Augustine's problem. And considering his you know, romantic relationships outside of marriage, that we, we think that might be the case. But, but what, what can a parent do? Well, the first part begins before you know, we even have children. Augustine's pagan father made it difficult for his mother to raise, raise him in the Christian faith. Um, you know, the second part begins after, after our children are born, but before they reach an impressionable age, high moral standards for them uh, and, and hold yourself to those same standards. You, you won't be perfect, but you, know, you can admit when, when you've done something wrong. Don't, don't leave your children's religious instruction up to surrounding culture or even solely up to the religious leaders, to be honest with you. As the Bible urges, speak to your children about God when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. That's Deuteronomy 11.10. And the third part begins uh, you know, as, as children are reaching their impressionable age, long before temptations come, to be sure to discuss with them not only how to keep their faith, but also how it cannot be lost. Uh, I, I would say again that you even discuss with them uh, not just what to believe, 
but why they believe it and why it's truth. The last part begins, if a child does lose their faith, love them and, and don't be afraid to tell them loving, lovingly what you think. Don't underestimate your influence just because you can't always see it. Don't nag them about their lack of faith. Rather, continue speaking freely and positively uh, about your own. You don't have to know everything, but you can learn as much as possible. Be an example, not only to them, but you know to their children. And, and if permitted, take your grandchildren with you when you go worship. As Augustine returned to faith, um, worse, worse things can happen than falling for a depraved ideology. It matters far more that a child is still seeking truth, even if a child seems to have lost their interest in seeking truth. Don't lose hope, for God can break even through that form of callous indifference. People can can tell themselves that they don't long for truth and, and meaning, but this doesn't mean that the longing has, you know, ha- has been su- suppressed too severely to be reconciled. Our, our longing for truth is too deeply built into God's design of human nature for it to completely go away. Even now, and uh, even now, and, 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 and then we, we, we see it break through. Maybe God will permit you to be present at one of these moments when it does. I, I've seen it in people. I have seen the breakthrough. I've seen the light bulb go on when they say, wow, I get it now. I understand I need to give my heart to God. And above all, don't give up on prayer and don't give up on hope. Just continue to pray. And you may you may agree with me on all this. You may completely disagree. You you may have you may be one of those those atheists. But I would say let this be a discussion starter, if you will. And you can always contact us at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.